They've been here all the time. The aliens are here watching us. West West, y'all, you don't stop. Welcome to High Spirits here at MutinyRadio.fm. High Spirits at MutinyRadio.fm. Welcome. Here in the armpit of San Francisco. <laughs> uh, it's always Fresno. Fresno? Is the armpit oh. of California. I thought that was the groin. I think last time, maybe the music was on a little too loud. It's possible. The background music, so maybe we can turn that down a little bit. I'm turning it up. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to be back. That was a really fun show last week. I was a little nervous. Um, And... uh, but I listened to the recording today, and it just sounded great. Yeah, Pam, we got a lot of... Oh, excuse me. Pam was terrific. She uh, Pam's amazing. showed us how to run a show. Well, just like all in one sitting. It was awesome. Checking our levels. We're good. Yeah, we got natural voices for radio, y'all. We got levels, yo. We got the we natural got ass voices, yo. And here's the thing, yo. I'm just being myself, you know, and uh, as my co-host, uh, Mr. Nobody, welcome, <clears throat> Mr. Nobody was saying. Thank you. Oh, we just lost the music, I see. <clears throat> oh, there we go, we're back. How are we back with the music if it's not plugged in? Oh, nice. It's on a playlist. Thanks for bearing with us, y'all, all our new burgeoning fans, fan base. Um Keep your mutinyradio.fm stream dialed in to High Spirits. We're just getting this show started. We got some lovely guests for you. And we have some people here who may or may not be guests. Bob. Oh, oh no, we just lost. We just lost it. We're back. All right, but as long as you can hear me, we're good. My name is Jay Quellen. Co-host is Mr. Nobody. We have our intern. This is you. Intern. I'm turning Mr. Nobody's mic down right now while he's doing all our work. Intern, what's your real name? Oh, let me turn you up on the mic. There we go. You're on. Okay. The answer to your question, I want to be known as intern, intern. <laughs> just for tonight. I'll think of something. Our intern, intern. <laughs> I just feel like it's so rude. Plug me in. Um, All right. Intern is, intern is oh. on. Yeah. Oh, there We're we go. We're on. Okay. Thanks, uh, Mr. Nobody. I feel like intern and Mr. Nobody is so deprecating. 
<laughs> like Jay Quellen, on the other hand. Yo, I'm Jay Quellen. Maybe we're just afraid. We're trying to be anonymous. We are anonymous. Uh, we're self-supporting through our own contributions, no doubt. Uh, what's the anonymous thing? We're anonymous at the level of press, radio, and films, y'all. Welcome to High Spirits. High Spirits. 10 to 12 a.m., 10 to 12 midnight, every Friday. Coming at you. So we were all... Uh, we were all out and about. Um, we're a bunch of bunch of pretty good friends here in the studio tonight. As we get this thing started, this show started, uh, figure out how it's gonna go. But we got a bunch of friends up in here, and uh, we're gonna jam. Um, we just came from dinner, right? Yep. Oh no, hold on. Um, oh, I, <laughs> hey, I just put Mr. Nobody back up. He was off for a while. What were you saying, Mr. Nobody? <laughs> um, how much do we reveal about ourselves? So we need to remain anonymous at the level of press, radio, and film? Isn't yeah, so, the... uh, yeah, let's talk about that real quick. So, um, the way, the way I think it's intended is that, um, we individuals, um, we are not supposed to break our anonymity at, at that higher media level, you know, broader mass, mass communication. But uh, that doesn't mean like, you know, we're broadcasting from Mutiny Radio, we're here in the mission. Um, that doesn't mean we can't talk about our going-ons, you know? It's just, okay. it's just who we are, you know, right? Like, like you know, I don't want my... I don't want my all my coworkers who are who are dialed in to this stream right now, you know, knowing who I am. I'm, I'm Jay Quellen. Okay, Jay. You sound like a pop star, Jay Quellen. Intern, you got to get a name. <laughs> Shadow Lady. Intern Shadow Lady. Oh, that's so weird. You have to have a real I like name. it. All right, everything everything fell apart as just as we walked in just screwing it back together thanks for sticking around here so last week uh, was our first uh show on the air and um we had the lovely pam station manager comedian radio personality extraordinaire so she really helped show us the ropes and uh, made sure that we didn't have any dead air um and uh she's she's amazing um uh, she's running a great operation here and uh as you may know, you know, we can use all the support we can get out here. Mutiny Radio is an amazing community space, um, and it does it does so much. Uh, it's amazing. It's so. entirely uh, community, based on community donations, and people who want to get involved can just come by and, you know, get on a show, and it's, um, well, I don't know if it's that easy, but because uh, the schedule's pretty full up. But, um, you know, it's open to the public. You can come to the Friday night uh, comedy show. What are the hours? It's um, like 8 to 10 so or 8 to 9.30? I believe 8 to 10 is the official comedy show, Pam, Fantastic's Comedy Clubhouse. And uh, before that, I think it starts at 6, but I could be wrong. Um, oh, I think it does start at 6. There's an open mic. And... Um, I do need to get, uh, we should get all this information so we can plug it um, on the air, but uh, there are joke workshops or open mics on the weekend as well, and uh, you know, that segues into 
probably what everybody's talking about, what's on everybody's mind, um, you know, what happened last weekend here at the station. What happens? <laughs> Dang, intern. Uh, it's loud. I need to trick your, turn your mic down. Let's blame the intern for everything. Um, I told that's you the guys, real reason to have an intern. But that's what I said. Like, you can fire me at any point. <laughs> so, um, do, you, do you guys know what happened? Uh, Kevin. Oh, oh, oh God. my goodness. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hey, Mr. Is, is that our intern's name? No, um, that's our shadow guest. Lady. That's our guest. Um, hey, Shadow Lady, um, Bob Madison, and Mr. Nobody. Uh, you got, you know what happened, Mr. Nobody, right? Uh, I've just heard little bits of it. Is it what's it? What happened? So, it's on. Uh, it's all online. Um, but there was a. A comedy show going on I believe last well last weekend either Saturday or Sunday I forgot in the afternoon and uh, it's all caught on video footage and it's just blown up I think locally uh, maybe Bay Area wide or San Francisco wide and uh, there was a comedian um, cool guy I've met him before um, and he was doing his bit and a member of the audience just like flipped out and started wailing on him like just jumped on stage and started punching him and stuff and then um several audience members uh maybe they were comedians too but uh they went in and uh sort of pulled pulled the guy off of uh the comedian who was assaulted and uh yeah and then I'm just follow, you know, listening to how it's unfolding. But that yeah, was interesting. There was a news crew out here the other night when we were here, and we had no idea what was going on. <laughs> um, yeah, that was kind of freaky to see a, a guy in a suit in San Francisco in the year 2019 come walking towards us. The first thought that popped into my mind was, oh, this is some kind of a police detective, and we're all about to be arrested. Oh, I would assume he'd want to convert you to his religion. Want to get on? I'd assume he'd want to convert you to his religion. Oh, whoa, that's a that's one of our guests just getting on the mic. Love Bob. that. Hey, Bob. Hey, hey Bob. Hey, um, Bob. How's it going? It's going. Nice. Welcome. There's a ringing. There's a ringing. Stop that. I'm not getting it. There's <laughs> ringing in the music, Mr. Nobody. We can turn the music down a little bit. Hi, spirits. <laughs> so I think one of the end results of the skirmish was that nobody wants to press charges. Yeah, I read that. Um... Which is interesting. Um, and uh, my parents are trying to listen to this. <laughs> just, are we supposed to reveal that we have parents? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable breaking that. Um, hey, mom and dad, what's up, yo? What's up? This is Jay Quellen. Your son, Jay Quellen. Oh, I revealed my gender. What's your gender? Oh man, I studied. Uh, somebody gave me a lesson on this. Um, 
I can't reveal too much on that. I can't go, you know, cis, trans, binary, non-binary. I can't do all that. That's too much information. If y'all know that about me, y'all figure out who I am. Jay Quellen. I thought you just said here. I just, wow, I just got lost. Uh, you know what? They see me as their son, you know, but whether or not that's true. <laughs> oh, so your parents don't know your gender. <laughs> hey, mom and dad. Yeah, I don't know what's going on right now. Do we have a number that they can call? <laughs> um, let's uh, let's let's get our rhythm, and then we'll, we'll definitely get. We had our first caller, uh, Dr. Chuck, on last week. He was uh, expounding mad wisdom on uh, something called the Cage Questionnaire, Cage Questions on identify doctors identifying if you have an alcohol problem or not. Yes, that was good. Um, that was interesting, and uh, yeah, so. What's going on? We just came from uh, deep in the mission. We got some burgers. We did our thing in that uh, that secret society that uh, this show is ostensibly about, um, and that we're ostensibly talking about here. Uh, and we did our our jam there, had our discussion, and we've come back uh, totally refreshed, enlightened. We're super enlightened. Um, and first and foremost, you know, like every single person in this room, there's a there's a f- 50 people in this room right now. <laughs> every single one of them is sober today. You know, there's not really 50 people, but there's a bunch of people in here and they're all sober. Yeah. Wait, wait is caffeine a drug? Yes. How does it rank next to the other drugs that people traditionally abstain from? Very low. <laughs> okay. So it has a drug-like effect, but you know, uh, we're willing to accept it as an exception to uh, what people say is so sober. Yeah. Well, okay. for me, that's what they were like telling me. Sugar is okay. Uh, coffee. Lots of cigarettes. And what else? Coffee. Did I say coffee already? Yeah, too much coffee. I'm I'm glad you brought this up, actually, because I think since we're in this forum, you know, our our radio forum is going to be way broader than, you know, our society's format, you know, in meetings and, and what we talk about. So you guys brought up something, actually, that I think would be pretty, you know, controversial that would be like, you know, outside issues as we refer to them. Especially with cigarettes, you know, with nicotine. Um, I think that's pretty controversial. But first, before we go to that, um, intern, maybe Shadow Lady or... Yes. um, Intern Shadow Lady, uh, you said they told you such and such. Who's they? My... Without giving... My masters. (laughs) I don't know. My sober masters. Your secret society masters? (laughs) Yes. And guys, by the way, I mean, we're, if, uh, oh, hey, we didn't, we didn't load our, the the intern did tell me she was building a dungeon. So it makes sense. She has sober. Hey, hey, so, um, let me, let's introduce you before you get all wild, buck wild up there. So I'm going to turn your mic up. Um, oh, we're sharing mics. So that was Madison, Madison sky (laughs) just goes by Madison. And I'm turning up the mic here, so we got all the mics up now. It's a free for all. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a what? It's a free for all. 
that's a song, right? From the, it's a free for all. Um, so anyways, we're going back to uh, caffeine, cigarettes, sugar. You know, I actually gave up caffeine when I was 20, not for sobriety reasons, just because, well, I was drinking a lot of it and having a lot of sleep problems. And it was recommended to me that I might try giving up caffeine because it might have something to do with my sleep problems, which in the end, it didn't actually affect my sleep at all. But having gone through the crazy withdrawal of just cold turkey caffeine withdrawal and then noticing how different my mind was without it and not having to be reliant on like basically not being able to function in the morning until I got that caffeine I just never really started again and I actually have uh, been caffeine free for 25 years now wow you know I tried going caffeine free for three days and I just became depressed Maybe I didn't try for long enough. Uh, next time I'll try for 25 years and see how that goes. Yeah, I, I got the second worst headaches of my uh, of my life, um, second only to a spinal tap. And uh, I was working tech support at the time, so that was very much no fun. Oh, wow. I uh, I got massive body aches from from the caffeine withdrawal. It was completely unexpected and it was like day three and i'm i'm laying there feeling like shit do i have the flu but i've got no other symptoms it's just like these muscular aches and and then i realized well i haven't had any coffee for three days it must be the caffeine withdrawal and so i just i went and made and drank half a cup and boom i felt better i mean it is an actual drug people do not necessarily take that into account yeah yeah I, I take it into account every morning. <laughs> I plan it from the type of coffee, the grinder that I use, the way that I that I uh, I brew it, um, what I add to it. It's uh, I'm I'm highly reliant upon. Uh, I guess you could say the high that I get from the coffee I drink every morning and throughout the day. I usually knock off by about two or three p.m. so that I'm not awake all night, but. You know, my workflow is pretty much dependent upon having coffee around 8 a.m. And um, likewise, I, I, I don't see how people can think without it. But it's it's a socially accepted drug with relatively few uh, negative sci uh, impacts on people's lives. I would say. Mm -hmm. I i think that's that's fair it's like that's one thing we say or you hear people say um that you know the caffeine is not people aren't breaking out in handcuffs when they have a lot of caffeine probably what about being an asshole when you haven't had your coffee <laughs> yeah i mean well uh is that like is that like being an asshole when Mr. you Nobody. haven't had your alcohol for the day um Mr. Nobody was just talking about that. Um, I have, if I miss it for a day, I'm wonky. Like, I feel the withdrawals. I started drinking coffee uh, less than three years ago. I never used to drink coffee. And now I absolutely need it every morning to get going. I have to have my coffee. Um, and, I, and I, like, appreciate coffee. Um, and it's this, yeah, it's this fine art. Uh, caffeine... Yeah, I'm a caffeine junkie. I'm so I, I I've given up soda on the sugar front uh, for Lacroix. Um, a lot of people um, in the program talk about like 
this quote god-sized hole that they're filling up with alcohol and drugs you know and then then they start to fill it up with other positive stuff right but i fill up my god-sized hole with Lacroix. <laughs> what about a uh, a demigod sized hole or a you know a lesser god like one of those you know animal spirit gods i think that's what i'm filling up with coffee every morning you know, like a, 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 a rutting ram in springtime. That's that's my spirit animal. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that wasn't a complete image. I, I apologize for that. <laughs> it was a little weird. Um, forgive me. Madison, how much coffee do you drink every day? I drink a fair amount, but I switched to half-calf because I realized that full-strength caffeine was actually giving me panic attacks when I stop drinking I was still having panic attacks on a daily basis and it was always around the same time and then for whatever reason we randomly bought half-calf one day and I didn't have a panic attack that morning and I didn't have a panic attack the next morning and it suddenly occurred to me that it was the caffeine that was giving me panic attacks oh wow Um, so now I I drink a lot of half-calf I mean probably the equivalent of like four cups so I guess at the end of the day I'm getting a lot of caffeine but um, and then nothing after like 11 in the morning because I can't sleep at night. So that's my coffee. And I'm not a connoisseur. I put the petroleum byproducts, super flavored, <laughs> fake creamer, <laughs> and a lot of it in my coffee. So I mean, that's probably considered, you know, a, a rarefied thing next to all the millennials that are, you know, paying $7 for their soy mocha cinnamon latte yes and mine is mine is cinnamon vanilla but (laughs) like i say i think it's a petroleum byproduct so but it's hell it's got sugar it makes me happy and um what's your beverage of choice in the morning uh uh shadow lady shadow lady (laughs) water water yeah yeah Uh, i try i try to drink water in the morning um with coffee i'll probably have it maybe once or twice a week Mm. but lots of tea sparkling water wait just in the morning (laughs) i'm like listing every beverage that i drink (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, what 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 gets you going? What uh, what you need to focus? I mean, what 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 else do we use to focus? I just went straight to caffeine because I'm kind of a caffeine junkie, and um, oh. but people have other means of achieving focus I at got the beginning one. of their day. I journal in the morning. Uh, yeah. It's not a beverage. That's so good. Two shoes. <laughs> I thought she was saying something else, but. Um, I thought I, uh, we were going to talk about some drugs. Oh. I just quit no. smoking cigarettes. You d- you just quit? Well, huh? it's been since June 1st. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was tough. Definitely cranky. <laughs> yeah. June 1st. That's great. Yeah. That's uh that's quite that's 2 months ago. 
Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Thanks. Happy birthday. Thanks, guys. Let's dig up a two-month chip. <laughs> you know, I, we I, do. Yep. I had the hardest time quitting cigarettes, and I, uh, I actually joined a, uh, a nicotine anonymous program in a, oh. and, um, and it was, it was hard because that, that to me was the most addicting substance. Like when I finally decided I was done with alcohol and, and weed, you know, that was it. I was done. And, um, but cigarettes, that took me another two and a half years. Um, and I, and I just, I couldn't do it by myself. How did you quit? Um, I posted on IG and my Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What you mean? Like you wanted everybody that you (laughs) To know that I'm quitting. uh, So that they wouldn't offer you a cigarette. So is that like accountability? Yes. Did we say that? Yes. A hundred percent. That's interesting. And I also had like really nice photos that I wanted to put up. <laughs> of? Of myself. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. I mean, I did the same thing when I quit drinking. I, uh, I, I told all my friends and, um, you know, I, they joked mercilessly with me at first, but then they got it and they, you know, they would meet me at places other than bars and... Um, you know, they took it seriously. They still do. It took me a while to actually tell like friends and family at large that I wasn't drinking anymore. Yeah. Um, what, what were you feeling? Um, as you went through that, as you, uh, started telling people what held you back? Fear, shame, Mm. not guilt. Fear and shame. Like I, it was just like a different way to be, and I didn't want to admit that I I had a problem. I mean, <laughs> I didn't know I had a problem until I was a problem. Mm. True to I, that. Yeah. It's um, it's sometimes hard to to know or or to admit it. I mean. People are sometimes in denial. Madison? What are you in denial about? Let's get the mic over to Madison. I'm in denial about all sorts of things, but (laughs) none of them are fit to be aired. This is our... (laughs) On the radio. No. This is um, our special guest, Madison. Right. Yeah, no, just Jake Jake Quellen, however I say his name. It's Jake Quellen. Jake Quellen was making making random gestures at me, so I was just gesturing him back, not a... signaling my desire to join the conversation but oh i um, thought i thought you were flashing gang signs i well yeah i was trying to you know me (laughs) (laughs) i'm from the hood (laughs) all right this is this is free speech radio but you know oh right no i'm just kidding (laughs) god Hey, you can't say that on free speech radio. I come from a I come from a place where I was raised to be very politically correct, so I am always worried that I've said something that's offensive to somebody um, without intending to. So you know, whatever. I think we're going to push it on this show. Right, but no, push I related. I related to a lot of what the intern was saying because I didn't tell people either for a really long time. I didn't tell my parents for I think almost a year, and even then, I didn't say it say it they just noticed that when they come down and visit I wasn't drinking and then eventually it was kind of like 
what's going on. I started crying and was like, I don't drink anymore. And I even couldn't say to them that I have a problem, even though I'd been sober for quite some time at that point, like at least a year, but we're almost a year. Um, I don't know. I don't know why it was so hard to tell people. Maybe because it does give you that accountability and I didn't want that. I wanted the option to go back. If I, you know what I mean? I, yeah. And plus I'd already failed at so many other things in my life. Did I want to tell everybody I was going to quit and then fail at that too? No. Like, uh, yeah. but, but I haven't failed at it. So I don't know. <laughs> at least not so far. One day at a time. <laughs> <laughs> As they say. I didn't tell my family because my family is, um, uh, they're a bunch of sociopaths and I just didn't want, you know, I also didn't want to hear them say that they were going to pray for me because, you know, that was the message I received throughout childhood, no matter what your problem was, that prayer would solve it. And, um, you know, and that wasn't my experience that prayer would solve it. And I don't have a problem with people praying. Um, and I think it's a, it's a helpful discipline, but it just, uh, um, you know, I wanted something more concrete that, that would bring me, um, you know, real results. And it just, it turned out that getting together with a bunch of people that had the same problem and talking about it was a lot more helpful. And, you know, and there's a lot of shame in my family. Like just to admit something like that was, would be to bring down the, you know, the, the roof, like the temple would crash in on me of, you know, like my parents would, would have just like been endless, like, you know, it might've been their best intentions, but they would start saying things like, Oh my God, that's horrible. That's terrible. What's wrong? What, what happened? And like, you know, you, nobody, no child wants to hear that from their parents. It's like endless humiliation, even if they don't consciously mean it, but it, it, so I just avoided it altogether by not, not coming clean with them. Um, and that's turned out to be a good policy for me because in my family, there's nothing but that, uh, between siblings and parents. And so, um, I'm not really re recommending this as a, uh, a way to do your own sobriety, but, um, no, that's good though. That's healthy boundaries. Yeah. I'm learning that right now uh, with my family. Um, yeah, it's good to know what you can say and cannot say and to try something different if it didn't work out before. That's that's become my policy is just, you know, all right, my life has been fucked up to this point. Um, let's try something totally different. Let's let's, you know, if what what you if you tried the same thing over and over and got the same result. What is that? That's the definition of crazy. Let's try something different. We haven't heard from Bob in a while. How's relevant Bob doing today? Come on board. <laughs> Bob will jump in when Bob wants to jump in. There you go. Um, so, did uh, were we talking about? Are you guys talking about family and sobriety? Basically, like we were saying that we out. didn't tell our friends and family that we were sober for a while hmm got it um oh, oh, all i can share is my experience <laughs> as they say strength and hope mm. <laughs> well, i can't speak for anybody but myself <laughs> that's one day at a time that's what they say but uh 
Yeah, I... When I hit bottom, uh, it was like my folks, they're the ones who bailed me out. I, I, I had some really good friends who were also in the mix. So there's a handful of people, including uh, my parents and my sister. So um, obviously they they knew what was going on from, from day one. And then I I shipped out from where uh, where I was living. I was living in one state and then I moved back to my to my home state. Oh, my home state of California giving away some key information um and then i was living with them so to get back on my feet and get my act together and everything so they were intimately familiar and my dad brought me to my first uh meeting aa meeting um and uh that was awesome i mean i'm so grateful because uh I don't think i would have gone i don't think i would have gone on my own left to my own devices even with the shitty thing happening, the horrible things, I think I would have just maybe obfuscated, not looked at alcohol as the issue as I had never been looking at it before. And this time a couple of people suggested that I go, I wouldn't have gone on my own. So yeah, super grateful. Um, and uh, yeah, took me to my first meeting. It was, it was cool. It's pretty cool. It's a good society. That's pretty cool that uh, that was your dad that took yeah. you to your first, your very first meeting. They don't know wow. anything about, and like nobody knew anything about Alcoholics Anonymous, <laughs> you know, right? How did he know um, to take you there? Like, um, what? I think, you know, I should ask. He, hey, he's listening right now. <laughs> I should, uh, I think, get him to call yeah. in. I uh, I should ask uh, the details because the details naturally are hazy for me. I think in the first uh, day or two, but. Uh, uh, my sister says that, yeah, she recommended it, um, and then a couple of other people did. Maybe my parents looked it up. And then uh, we just found, uh, you know, there, you know, to anybody out there who um, is familiar with the program, has been to meetings, or is interested in going to meetings, I think we totally support and advocate that. It's super easy to find them. Every, um, basically every county is an intergroup and they all have websites like here in san francisco you would go to aasf.org and you would find all the meetings in san francisco so we just did that where i was the city that i was in and uh yeah found a meeting and it worked awesome that's really cool i uh i ultimately did the same thing you know i just all the years of Alcoholics Anonymous being mentioned on TV shows and in movies and, you know, meeting the occasional person that was, you know, that didn't take drinks, you know, at, at the company party, um, all kind of ramified into, oh, shit, there is a group of people that, that deals with this. And, and we should pause for a moment just to point out that this radio program is not affiliated with any program uh we're just a group of individuals speaking our own minds based on our own experiences with some of the programs yeah thanks for saying that because i think that also speaks to like we're going to have all kinds of people on this show um right mr nobody yeah oh yeah yeah. it's going to be people uh who are in this program different programs people who are you know normies we discussed normies with pam last uh Weekend, uh, last Friday when she was wondering what a 
normie was. Um, and uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we had to explain the concept of what a normie was. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I was like, whoa, it's fun to explain something sometimes to people. Yeah, that was kind of cool. I mean, you know, we all like the first time we hear it in the rooms, normie, you know, it's sort of the semi-deprecating term to explain, you know, just to encapsulate what an outsider is and that, um, you know, there's someone who can handle their alcohol or liquor or whatever their drug of choice is. Indeed. And, um, and, but, but we don't get that at first. Like normie. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Someone. You know what? That's. Someone who knows their limit. No, it's interesting, um, Mr. Nobody. (laughs) I'm going to just start calling you Nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. is so formal. Um, So, How about Dr. Nobody? (laughs) Okay, Dr. Nobody. What kind of doctor are you? Just just Dr. No. Doctor of nothing. Um, So that reminds me, that that gets me thinking about... uh, how you know we have all these uh, cliches and sayings and stuff like that um one day at a time first things first geographicals normies we have all this vocabulary um what's much a geographical which, oh geographical yeah, doctor no that's, you don't know that's when you uh move to a different area in order to try to restart your uh life uh to try to escape your problems correct bob have you done that, Bob? No, I've actually lived in the Bay Area my whole life. Legit. I actually made, I did, I, I didn't know that this is what was happening, but I learned about it in the rooms and uh, I realized that uh, I did at least, I did two serious geographicals. And then I was also, I did a, like a backpacking thing for a year that it was a ton of fun. I had a blast. It was great. But I suppose you could see it as trying to like escape some things, but really the two geographicals was like, oh, it's so expensive living in the Bay Area and and I'm just like a drunk living in the Bay Area, spending so much money, high cost of living, high rent. I should find some places that are cheaper to be a drunk <laughs> that also have a really fun life. Yeah, there's a short list of cities like that. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So wait, let's get back to South geographical. Beach. Uh, geographical is somebody who moves to a place in order to, to get away from their problems uh, and continue to be a drug? No, a geographical is an act. It's, it's something you do. I take a geographical. Or I do a geographical. But it's, it's an adjective. It's, you take a geographical. It's more of a verb. It's a verbified uh, adjective, but it, but my my question is is you you're you're drunk in one town and you move to another town to get away from your problems and continue being a drunk or to get sober? What what what's the point of the term? Oh, I think I think um, explain. I do think the spirit is that you want to restart your life. I think Bob said that, um, and. Yeah, things are going to get better. I'm going to change. That was what my situation was. I'm like, oh, this change of scenery, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to um, clean up my act, you know, whether it was like subconscious or upfront. It was both, I think, operating. Um, that's why I made that move. And actually, in my story, you know, that, that last geographical that I made is where like I got out of control, hit my bottom, and then and then came back, came back home, found found Alcoholics Anonymous um, over there and then came back home so but uh, 
Hey, it was the gift of gift of desperation. That's another. Uh, that's another catchphrase. But uh, just to go back real quick, uh, Doctor No. Um, can I call you Doctor No? It's fine. Um, Doctor No, you got just me. don't call me Shirley. <laughs> call me Al. Doctor No, you got me thinking about. Uh, like it occurred to me that I don't remember learning these cliches the first time, right? Like, yeah, normie is a weird term. Normal people won't know what normie means, but I don't remember sitting in a meeting and and, and just being like dumbfounded or finding it preposterous that I heard this term normie. I'm sure it happened, but, but I don't remember those. Nobody those. takes the time to patiently explain the terminology of the program. They you, We just kind of learn it by context. That's why we're here. Wait, you guys didn't get the book, the guide? Oh, the rough guide to alcoholics. No, the, the manual. The manual to life. No, no, the <laughs> AA manual. Uh, it's usually no. comes stapled to the back of the big book. Damn. Oh, I somehow missed uh, missed that. Oh. Uh, yeah. Good. Do you got a copy with you? I think Bob was joking. <laughs> yes, he was. Definitely I can. That was deadpan. I can never tell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm, you know, in this community, I'm, I'm such a, just, we're just going to throw out more terms. You know, in fact, we'll, we'll make this, uh, we'll make various segments all about the terms. We'll educate y'all about the terms. Um, but I was going to say that, uh, um, shoot. Kapew. Oh, I was going to say that after what Bob said, it got me thinking about how, like in this crew, I am definitely a big book thumper. Madison, you want to comment on that? <laughs> uh, yes. Explain. I'm never going to be able to say your name. Jay Quellen. Jay Quellen. Oh my God, Jay Quellen. You can call me Jay. How Jay, about JQ? Yeah, JQ. I'll call you JQ. That's easier. Yes, you. Well, you are and you aren't. I mean, I don't know. Well, that's another term, right? A big book thumper. And uh, you don't know what that is until you've been around for a while, right? And come across one. And I guess I don't think of you as being one because I, for right or for wrong, you know, have made my own judgments about people that I consider big book thumpers. And I think they tend to be kind of closed-minded and think that their way is the only way, whereas you've always been supportive of the fact that my way is not the same as your way, and it works for me. And, uh, and for that reason, I know even though perhaps some of the more traditional principles guide your actions, I don't consider you a big book thumper, if that makes sense. We have a true orator here. <laughs> true, natural. That was a complete thought. That's, Thank you. I, I am not operating on the kind of logic that Madison is operating on that level. Um, but thanks. Yeah, I think yeah we're... This is an inclusive, open-minded group, and that's our like sub-society of this secret society. Is uh, I think we're pretty tolerant and open-minded. You know, one, one of the AA aphorisms, most AA aphorisms, I think I, I pick up um, I the meaning of just from context or just from you know self-explanation. But uh, one that I just couldn't figure out for a long time and I kept hearing spouted was uh, turn it over. Um, and maybe it's because I come from an atheist point of view um, that uh, it, it just, I, it, the, 
it was never said in enough context that it made sense to me. And, you know, I guess the context is turn, turn it over to your higher power. Um, and even when I, you know, finally figured out what it meant, it felt very unsatisfying to me, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. Um, turn it over. Yeah, I do. I, I picture a spatula when I, whenever I hear that. Flipping burgers. Flipping burgers or pancakes. Yeah, right? I mean, with, with no context, it's it's just a very odd thing to just say over ah, and over. Ah, yeah, you, that's a good point, actually. Like, I'm, it's so ingrained in my head. But if I take a step back and you say, um, yeah, I just turn it over, that is super. That's like. I'm like, turn what over? Yeah, that's sort of like, uh, yeah, flip a B. Yeah. Yeah, as an atheist, I um, the first half dozen times I heard that, I, I was perplexed, and then I asked, what does that mean? And they, oh, uh, to turn it over to, to God, or, or your higher power. Um, and uh, that was in a big book meeting, and um, they were a little perplexed that I didn't, you know, automatically get that, what that meant. Um, and, you know, it took a while to dawn on me that it meant that you know, okay, I'm accepting that I, I have no control over my life and that I have to invoke, uh, it's God's will be done. Yes. My child, God's will <laughs> be done. Bless you. <laughs> Man. I think, you know, if anybody's, if anybody's just <laughs> randomly tuning into the show, they're like, what are these motherfuckers talking about, man? Profane motherfuckers. Like I, what I, my, in my heart of hearts, I hope the, the cryptic messages that we're dealing with, uh, prompt you to actually go and, and be introspective. See if you have a drinking problem, go to a meeting and learn all these terms that we're spouting off. I mean, we're, we're all insiders here. Um, you know, we've all been oh, in the program true. at yeah. least a few months and we are, you know, so we're speaking as insiders and, um, people who listen to the station may have no idea what the hell we're, we're speaking about. And, um, I, uh, maybe, I mean, maybe if we go around and talk about what it was like when we first came in, well, we sort of are doing that. You know, the, that threshold between understanding a term and not understanding it when you first hear it. I had a friend, actually, let's call her Texas. She asked me after the last show if we were getting annoyed that she was, like, asking all these questions. Well, she was a normie, right? She is. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, no, I... At least for me personally, I actually really like talking about it. It feels great not to... Well, it's not that I'm hiding anything, but like this is my normal now. Hmm. And... I... <laughs> I sometimes... Not that I like impose it, but I, I almost want to spread this gospel because it's just... A, for me, for my life, like it's better for me. Because I know all the shitty things I have done. <laughs> uh, yeah, spoken from the heart. Um, but you know, Shadow Lady. <laughs> Shadow Lady did a really non-shitty thing, a really cool thing by making us all name plates. Yeah, thanks. For the show tonight. We have a solid intern. We just started and like we have this solid intern. I was just going to say too, I, I definitely 
feel your enthusiasm, Shadow Lady. Um, but also, you know, like, not but. I mean, one of our traditions says that, what, attraction rather than promotion? Something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I forgot. Uh, yeah. And uh, That's so, it. you know, I even wonder, like, uh, is, you know, is a radio show promotion you know right i think it's totally cool you know to to do this get the word out as long as we're maintaining hopefully you know as we're maintaining anonymity it's also our prerogative um we're just speaking from our experience being in the rooms and we're not uh we're not advertising we're not promoting we're just you know we're enthusiastic about it and we're talking about it we're speaking from experience i'm so conflicted i think i'm gonna leave (laughs) okay (laughs) I'm so sorry much. it didn't work out, uh, our <laughs> I, program creator. By the way, if you're just tuning in, this is High Spirits on MutinyRadio.fm. Uh, we need a we need oh. like an electronic. I did want, sound effect. Thing. Oh, that's like what to, <laughs> my mic. <laughs> I did. I did. The, the electronic thing is Madison's department. Um, Madison has a. Uh, she's, let's see here. She's a, um, raver with an alcohol problem or an alcoholic with a raver pro- raving problem. <laughs> I just gave away too much information. Now you know who Madison is. <laughs> um, uh, that describes about only 25% of San Francisco's yeah. population. Oh, Burning Man. <laughs> Gosh, let me tell you something. Hey, has anybody been to Burning Man here? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh Kevin? Uh, oh, I've, been, <laughs> I've been many times. <laughs> Bob is a burner. And Bob? Yeah. Dr. No? Uh, I've been twice. Oh, I am. This is blowing my mind. What? I am learning. This is something new. I feel like I know you guys pretty well. Of course, like, you know, we, you know, definitely there's a lot we don't know about each other, but this is blowing my mind. There's our our lives before, and then there's our lives after having joined the priesthood. But uh, (laughs) have you guys gone um, in sobriety? No. I haven't been in, I haven't been in over 50. Bob is an OG. Oh, sorry guys. Bob's been talking. And we <laughs> Bob's mic is really Bob's on number four. So just to go. just to get back on track, uh, Bob. I had Bob's mic off, but I'll give it back to Bob. But he was saying that he's been to Burning Man a bunch of times and not in the last fifteen years. Yeah, I think it's been about fifteen years. Um, yeah, the first time I went, I mean, it was there was almost no organization to it, no rings. It was just 4,000 people out in the desert. Um, just a lot of chaos. A lot of fun. That is a trip. I mean... A lot of danger. People actually still got hurt back then. Uh, people still brought guns. People still drove around constantly. Guns? <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yeah, there was actually a drive-by shooting range. Um, oh my god! Yeah. You are you are shitting me, Bob. No, no, that was that was a regular event back in Burning Man before they banned guns. Wow. 
Wow. This is like an expose on Burning Man. <laughs> this is you're listening to Inside Edition, Burning Man Edition. So what's the story, the the founding story of Burning Man? Do you know it well? Do you want to share it with us? Uh, I'm not going to go into that. So my sister was one of the early burners. Um, and uh, and it took pla- the first burn took place here in San Francisco on one of the beaches. Uh, what Baker was it? or China Beach. Baker or China Beach, yeah. I was living on the other coast at the time, but, you know, my sister, you know, calls me up in a frenzy one the the saturday morning after and she's like yeah uh uh, dr no (laughs) you gotta hear about this thing i went to i I don't i don't remember if it had that name yet um but she talked about there being a sculpture that was burned and then she sent me some pictures in the mail eventually it was pretty cool i've got one fun fact the first one was 33 years ago, 1986 on Baker Beach. That's okay. crazy. Yeah. She was not at the first one then. No. That's nuts. That's around when she was in, when she graduated high school. Oh, expose. Inside edition, Dr. No. <laughs> um, did, did you know that they hold AA meetings at Burning Man? Yeah, I did hear about that. I have some friends who are like recently hardcore, like going in the last 10 years. And I, I actually attend um, historically, uh, I think, yeah, in my sobriety, I don't really think people even knew about it before. Um, or that, yeah. But anyways, uh, I've been to a lot of uh, pre and post burn events with them. Like the afterburn, just wild party and dog patch I went to one year and fundraisers, pink mammoth party, this, that. Um, so I have some, I feel like I have some insight. Of course, I really don't know what's going on. I've never been. I probably won't go. But I did hear um, that uh, there is a sober community there. Yeah. Oh. And that a lot of people are doing lots of drugs, too. <laughs> uh, that's what, hey, that's what I heard. Hearsay. It happens. Interestingly, at some of the hacker conventions and other, you know, technical and artistic conventions like at, you know, Comic-Con and other places that you'll see signs that, you know, that will recognize, but a normie won't that are, they usually say friends of Bill and there's like an arrow or a room number or a, you know, a time. And, um, and that's been really great. I, you know, and those are basically free thinker gatherings simply because, um, there, you know, it's people from many different kinds of meetings all showing up in one, you know, enclosed conference room, um, you know, separated from the outside open meetings, but, you know, people talk about where they're coming from and in the technical communities, there is a lot of atheism. And so people speak out about it. Um, but it's, it's great that people who are in sobriety have a way to mix with, you know, the creative and, uh, well, I guess sounds corny, but joyful communities that they belong to, they belonged to before they got sober. Um, we still want to have that, you know, the kind of physical experiences that, that we had. Well, and which group is it that uh, goes to concerts and sets up the pink balloon areas as a uh, sober area? Well, 
Um, are you referring to Wharf Rats? Yeah. Yeah. So. so that you guys got me thinking about that. I actually went to uh, there's a meeting. So basically, uh, yeah, the Grateful Dead, uh, as I understand the history, of course, that's, you know, the drug culture and all that kind of stuff that was going on before my day. And um, but it sounds like in the history, even from the very beginning, there were sober deadheads. And so, as Bob was saying, yeah, they go around, they have their own section, and um, they encourage other sober people to hang out, and they're called Wharf Rats. And um, yeah, the Wharf Rat comes from, there's a song on the album that is often known as Skull and Roses. Um, it's a great album. It's the one that has uh, the Bertha song on it. Um, that's probably the most popular song on there. And Wharf Rats is one of the later tracks, and it's about, um, they got the name for that presumably because it's about a, uh, a drunk, a guy who's a drunk who has problems. Um, and, uh, so they adopted that name and there's, a, in fact, there is a meeting, uh, for any, um, self-identified alcoholics, uh, who want to check out a cool meeting. I, I went for the first time the other a couple of weeks ago, it's called Wharf Rats and it's started and run by, I mean, for decades, I think, uh, for decades, um, by, these hardcore deadheads who are cool. So um, I'll just, that's all I'll say about it. But uh, it's pretty neat that there is that community. And I even heard, um, you know, I don't know if this is true or like an urban legend, but I've heard people, and you know what? Sometimes you hear these like urban legends at meetings that need to be fact-checked. But I heard that uh, if you go to an airport and you tell them that you need to talk to somebody like immediately who's like sober alcoholic, you can tell them to page uh, a friend of Bill or doctor. No, I've, I've talked to people who've been at an airport and actually heard that happen. Oh, okay. And heard huh. that come over the PA and they went to the terminal just to, you know, where the, it was called to just to see what would happen. And, you know, four or five people would show up and they'd have a little on the spot meeting. It's usually, you know, somebody who's about to get on a plane and they're, you know, it's, I've, I actually, ha I haven't, ha I haven't been on a plane in sobriety yet. So that, Oh shit. That's um, a good time. And, and I'm a terrible flyer. So the only way I was really able to fly was to get pretty hammered. Um, um, so yeah. I'm, I'm not really looking forward to, you know, flying sober. Um, and I guess that's not uncommon. So um, a lot of people, you know, or, or, you know, there's also the anxiety of being out of town, being on the road. Mm. You know, that can be a really hard time for a lot of people, especially airports also, which are packed with bars. Um, Mm, yeah. You know, you're away from your support community. Um, you're away mm -hmm. from, you know, people who, you know, you are, you know, worried about, you know, looking after you. And so sometimes that is a, uh, a place where you can go to the counter and, yeah, ask for a friend of Bill and they will page them over the over the uh, PA. Very cool. I, I think I'll try that. How do they arrange airports? They arrange them so that after you've come out of security, you're filtered through a series of like cafes and bars until you get to your gate. I mean, it's like True. endless uh, self-anesthetizing stations. It's, you know, and you see all kinds of people getting loaded before they get on a flight. And, and what's the common image of the, you know, the person who binge drink right before they got on a flight? They're argumentative with a flight attendant and they get, they're getting booted off of a flight or carried out or something. And 
Madison is. Do we have a story? Yes. Ask Madison about her flying. Let's hear it. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. So hopefully no one I know will ever listen to this. But <laughs> no, well, I, like many of us, would always get wasted on the airplane. And I was on a very long flight, like a 12 hour plus flight to a very far away country. And uh, anyway, there was a really cute guy sitting next to me, and we both got shit based. The, uh, the <laughs> stewardess actually cut us off because oh. it was that bad. But we were sure it was three seats, and it was me and this dude and another lady. And this guy and I totally start making out like on this, <laughs> this <laughs> wow. like, transcontinental flight. I feel so bad for that woman. I feel so bad for that woman sitting next to like the two just drunk, just drunk young kids the ironic thing is on the flight this was on the flight home on the flight down i'd been sitting behind some other guys that were getting super wasted and they got cut off and i was laughing at them but of course coming home that was me oh that poor woman i feel so bad for her it was in economy too it's not like there's any room good lord anyway should have used the bathroom. Man, I'm so pumped <laughs> oh, about like uh, learning about new things about you guys. An image. <laughs> um, this is great. Like I thought I knew y'all. <laughs> Turns out I don't. <laughs> um, that's a great uh, man. Couple things Bob brought up were, were really good, but uh, the flight thing, Madison. Wow. I was wild. <laughs> I met my first wife on the airplane, uh, actually in, in the cafeteria at LAX. Um, cafeteria. And we were both terribly, terribly hungover. She was drinking a, um, a Bloody Mary and eating a hamburger. And I, I, you know, I had just gotten a hamburger and I walked up and I sat at her table. She looked interesting and, um, and she goes, the food here is pale. It's dead. It's lifeless. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's interesting. And, it sounds very and, poetic. And we proceeded to, uh, to to drink there in the cafeteria before we got on the flight. And then we got on the flight and drank even more. And um, uh, we basically made out. And then she invited me out drinking <laughs> in Greenwich Village. It was my first time to New York City. It was my first time on a on a flight for business and uh, my first time to the east coast and uh, she takes me out drinking until the bars close which is 4 a.m. In, in New York City and uh, I hadn't yet been to the hotel to you know to, to check in and I had a meeting at 8 a.m. the next day and I was working for a big financial company on 57th Street and so it was all like a series of you know, major catastrophes. I mean, pretty minor in the, you know, in retrospect, but I was super anxious. I didn't know how to navigate my way around New York City. I was three sheets to the wind. Taxi drivers wanted to drive me through Queens, you know, to get to my destination. It was, um, you know, anyways, it was, it was fun. It was a good experience. I think I think we have these experiences and we learn from them and they're not necessarily terrible. Um, you know, we might not do them to choose to do them today, but you know, they're part of our part of our our history and there's no shame. So there's you no shame. you were working 
for Lehman Brothers at the time, or <laughs> not yet? <laughs> I was working for a, a, a real est- commercial real estate concern called Grub and Ellis. Um, oh. They no longer exist, but they started here in San Francisco, which is how I came to work for them. Grub and Ellis, um, and uh, yeah, so what? I'm like, when did they go away? Was that a casualty of the recession? I sometime in the early 2000s they dissipated they used to be traded on the new york stock exchange yeah because i'm like i know that yeah anyway y'all too smart for me (laughs) um so the plane oh man i'm learning a lot about you guys um mr nobody aka dj no meeting your wife there that's that's nuts that's like a movie out of some kind of like up in the air or something a cross between um leaving las vegas and uh um let's pick another movie uh sleepless and no it wasn't sleepless it was um something less tragic than than leaving las vegas anybody here see leaving las vegas no it was nicholas cage he's a an unreformed drunkard um and his solution to every problem is to drink more and it doesn't get better there's no happy ending to that movie oh wow i i on, i don't like nick cage um my, who does my who uh, does? national treasure Come i do on. my favorite one of my favorite podcasts is uh, how did this get made hdtgm what and they recently That's a good did podcast. a yeah they did a Nick Cage movie. You called, introduced me to that. Oh cool yeah, yeah. you were listening to it yeah yeah. And then Bob, uh, our friend Bob, listens to it hardcore as well. In fact, he's wearing a T-shirt. Maybe it was Bob. Uh, no, it was definitely me. I take credit. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Bob is wearing a HDTGM T-shirt right now. But um, the movie they did was like Deadfall, I think, and it's horrible. It's a horrible movie with a horrible actor, aka Nick Cage. Oh, that it sounds like a a Bond film, Deadfall. Wait, uh, oh, yeah. Skyfall. Skyfall. There we go. Skyfall. Even Face Off is horrible. Uh, face that off, was terrible. Face Off for me, it's I actually I enjoyed it. It was like that time of my boyhood or adolescence that I love that kind of stuff. But it's also like in the same vein of liking like Rush Hour. You know? Yeah. I like Rush Hour. You're not on mic. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? I love Rush Hour. <laughs> Do you it's such a great movie. Do you understand the words movie. that are coming out of my mouth? Yeah, it's, ama- it's amazing. And in, I suppose in Nick Cage's defense, no, Con, Air, Con Air was a pretty oh. A-plus movie. Con, so. Con Air, excellent. Also reviewed by HDTGM, but excellent movie. Wait, how can you not love John Travolta doing Nicolas Cage and Nicolas Cage doing John Travolta? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Indeed. My, my favorite Nicolas Cage movie is Adaptation. Oh, I never saw that. Written by Charlie Kaufman, who wrote um, Being John Malkovich. It's not quite as whacked out as Being John Malkovich, but it's pretty far out there. It's a good movie. Um, Back to the plane dealio. Um, <laughs> who did you meet on a plane? Uh, well, I was thinking more of uh, the sobriety thing. Um so who's uh, DJ? Doctor No. <laughs> Doctor No. I always want. I cannot think. <laughs> Madison Pop. <laughs> Doctor Strange Love. <laughs> but I keep getting my co-host's name wrong. <laughs> I get everybody's name right. 
um drink some more caffeine this anonymity thing is just um but uh this anonymity thing is for the birds um so so the plane thing i learned about from mr nobody from bob from madison intern hasn't shared a plane experience has intern definitely love sitting at bars meeting strangers um i like the little bottles that they come in also in the plane damn that's crazy yeah i feel very um grown up (laughs) having my cocktails and uh very manly drinking my beers with the people at the bar just you know i don't know it was very um in my head at least i was like living the life and i don't know when i was listening to your stories earlier i i have periods where i get confused about like my sobriety because i'm like well it was fun it was fun right like it was fun until it wasn't so i don't know i i haven't had any problems with like flying i definitely love traveling but when you were talking about like the geographical move that made me think about like my life because i've moved around a lot and not just states like even in the state i like move around a lot so i don't know if i'm just (laughs) a gypsy (laughs) or i actually am doing that like geographical thing trying to like run away so yeah no i love being on planes um that's cool uh I just got a text from my mom. <laughs> She's loving the show. She like loves you guys. And, Hi, mom. And is uh, is um, digging it. She's like, you guys are awesome. As as intern said, spreading the gospel. Oh, <laughs> she was saying spreading the the gospel. Um, but uh, really, I just I just asked you all to share your plain stories so I could share mine. Yeah, I, I, was I didn't actually share a plane story of mine yet. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> you tell him, Bob. All right, Bob. So on an international flight to uh, Japan, which was a very long flight, um, and as I said, I, I tend to drink on flights because I don't like flying, but um, I also don't like sleeping on planes. Um, so I was also working on something that I wanted to get done before I got there. Um, so I just kept, go- everybody else was asleep on the plane by this point, and I just kept going back to the, uh, the flight attendant and, uh, asking for more liquor. And, you know, they give you those tiny, tiny bottles, um, mm-hmm. which I drink in about two minutes. Um, so after, you know, the seventh or eighth trip, she started just shoveling them into my arms. Um, and after you know, a few hours of this, she finally was digging through the drawers and whipped around at me and yelled at me, sir, you drank all of the rum on the plane. (laughs) And my response, of course, was, well, do you have any vodka? (laughs) And she threw it at me. And um, yeah, folks. Um, But it's shocking that that they didn't I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I didn't really get drunk because they didn't ever cut me off. I mean, not obnoxiously drunk anyway. 
that is that is like exactly why we uh, we got to come into this program. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is amazing. Um, there isn't enough alcohol on the entire plane. Wow. Well, you know, on international flights, it's free. Yeah. Oh. It's uh, it truly is amazing. I mean, uh, I have flown. Um, I mean, yeah, I I drank regularly on uh, on flights. I guess like when I came of age, it was just like a rite of passage, and it was classy and stuff like that. And yeah, especially on international flights. They serve you like great food and service, and then they always have like a special drink menu. And um, so I flew a lot of Singapore Air uh, growing up. It's amazing. Um, highly recommend it. Even in coach, it's it's amazing. And so, yeah. Um, but that's nuts, Bob. That's amazing. Finished all the prolific drinker. Oh man. Uh, I do remember, you guys are, yeah, I mean, this is it's per- pretty interesting to think about the uh, the f- flow of traffic, as Dr. No, uh, a.k.a. Mr. Nobody, was mentioning how you go through security, and then on your way to the gate, you're just flooded with bars and restaurants, right? Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, in movies, or there's some stereotype that it, I... I uh, think of it akin to like how smoking cigarettes is somehow sexy or something. They they make it seem like that, and um, and cool and like uh, yeah that kind of thing. It's in the same way I sort of thought about like the drinking at the uh, air terminal was kind of like that too. You know, another thing I remember them doing at airport bars, which I don't recall ever happening at other bars, is you go and you order a drink. And they offer, t- they upsell you. They'll like, I'll give hmm. you a double for fifty percent more. Wow! Is is it just me? Well, I, I remember this at like you know, almost every airport bar I went to. I believe you. Order you. a drink, and they're like, I can make that a double for for you know a two dollars more. <laughs> that seems that sounds like an airline thing. Like we'll give you fifty percent more legroom for twice the price. <laughs> <laughs> But but for an alcoholic, that's a dangerous thing because they're always going to take you know twice as much if it's offered. You know that that I, I haven't seen that, but I do. I believe that that's possible. That also reminded me that um, you know you go on these early flights and you see the people at the at the bar, you know, drinking their bloody marys. No, it's okay if you're on vacation. You you can drink at any time of the day. <laughs> you know I've. I, uh, I, I've taken up an interest in piloting, and that's led me to watch countless videos on YouTube on the weekends about, you know, how to fly certain types of planes. And that leads back to the early airplanes and the early, uh, you know, like passenger airliners were patterned after cruise ships, after the ships that, that connected the East Coast with Europe. And, um, you know, there was definitely a constant, you know, image thing going on there of, you know, high cl- you know, upper, upper class society, you know, going, you know, your servant is dragging your steamer trunk behind you and you're wearing your, all your finery and you're, you're going to be served the finest food and champagne while you're aboard the, the Queen Mary. Um, and so... Uh, Airlines adopted that early on, and so the some of the early airplanes were extremely expensive to fly on. Like you know, one ticket, a one-way ticket from New York to London, would cost you know like a work 
working person's entire year's wages and um but it was a luxury thing it yeah, was the big planes used to have a lounge a lounge yeah yeah I, and i saw like one of the early jetliners was designed so that it had a, a like a sleeping section and it had a cinema in the back and it had a like a sort of a bar car cafe car section uh, no way i think you dreamed that no i'm serious i don't know yeah well some some of the uh high-end airlines like emirates are bringing back the the sleeping sections yeah i've seen that oh this plane never flew this this uh, plane was a um was it this was a, was this a spruce goose <laughs> <laughs> was this the titanic uh <laughs> that's a boat oh <laughs> Um, this was a British aircraft that uh, had like I don't know a dozen propellers or something. It was crazy. I, I lots wanna, of polished wood. You know, I want to um, I want to sort of you know get a little bit to the solution now, guys. <laughs> I'm just, just what? No, it was really interesting because I think as a group we so rarely talk about our drunkalogs. Like I would say of. The people I know, like to use another term, right? I would say I know the fewest drunkalogs from you guys. Like, what's I, a what's a drunkalog, Madison? My understanding, is it like a single my understanding, term, right? My understanding is basically instead of talking about the solution, you just go back through. This is all the stupid stuff, or this is all the stuff I did when I was drinking. This is my past, right? Um, whatever may have happened to us, and. I mean, we can all list all the bad things that happened when we were drinking, and we can also all talk about all the fun things that happened when we were drinking, but at the end of the day, that's the past, it's gone, and and it's interesting because I don't talk that with, like, about that with you guys, and I never really have, so for me, it's kind of interesting. I feel like I'm hearing stories that I never knew, yeah, and I've known sure. you all for a minute, so... This is like, this might be, we might just continue doing this with each other just to get to know each other. <laughs> like, not for you guys out there on the on the airway uh, listening to us. No, we've got plenty of time. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's a good point. I mean, I was, I guess, I was, um, yeah, in, incorrect talking about saying that let's get to the solution. But I did want to say, on that topic, I did want to say that... Um, when Bob mentioned that he hadn't been on a plane, that reminded me that, you know, we have a lot of firsts. We talk about a lot of... Is, does everything sound okay? Oh, Madison and Shadow Lady were just having their own binary conversation over there. So, Don't get um, distracted. There's a lot of uh, firsts that we talk about. Um, well, occasionally it comes up in meetings or among friends. Uh, like that we can have trepidation about like for me i remember um well you know it was it was so crazy it was such a dire situation like for me that when i moved back the first i i love to cycle and do tri triathlons and stuff like that you know back in the day and when i was freshly sober i was gonna go on a long bike ride with my friend who I used to live with in the house that I used to live with that was you know an hour away from where I was living with my parents and my dad drove me to the house waited there while we went on the bike ride and then drove me back I mean that's how 
dire the situation was, right? Like, what is he going to do? <laughs> you know, um, we can't let him out of our sight. So I joke, like, I never went to uh, rehab or anything, but uh, my rehab was like my dad having his eyes on me like 24 seven for two weeks and to, oh, wow. while I was drying, drying out. Um, but then, so that was a first like quote socializing with, you know, my good friends going on this bike ride. Then shortly thereafter, there was a, a wedding and I was like, how, how, how am I going to do this? I was excited, but I'm like, Oh dude, just like on planes, like always getting hammered at weddings. Weddings are great for getting hammered. Um, and, you know, got through that. And then uh, I think a year, a year sober, I took my first flight. And I do remember, I mean, I was like, oh, man, how's this going to go? You know, this is something new um, to be sober on the plane. How's it going to go down? Is it going to work out? So, you know, like I was able to talk to people like you guys who were in my um, recovery circle and fellowship where I was living at the time. And just got like good, you know, confidence, support, um, and got through it. And then, you know, just just uh, some anecdotes about that. But I totally get it. Um, their first, I did my first international trip a couple of years ago, and I thought, dude, when I was traveling internationally, I was always trashed. Always. No, I'm still actually, that's like, we all have that, like, kind of the first and the things we're scared about. I actually, I have traveled internationally. I'm usually with my family, so it's really easy to stay sober. Like, whatever, my parents don't really drink, no big deal. But the one thing, it's like, I spent a lot of time in Spain. I did a summer study abroad there. I've been there a couple times. And I honestly, even at this point in my sobriety, don't know if I could go to Spain because... All I did in Spain was like sit in cafes and drink wine and smoke cigarettes and I can't drink wine anymore and I'm trying not to smoke cigarettes anymore and it's like and the other thing is I never got really really drunk there like I actually managed to drink somewhat like a normal person like a an extra drunk normal person but not like the blackout shit show drinker that I am everywhere else and so I think that's why for me it's like I don't know I mean it hasn't come up. Will it come up? But it's just interesting that even, you know, with a little over five years, I'm still kind of like, could I do that? What would it be like? So I don't know. It's just sort of this international travel thing makes me think of that. My big fear. Mm. Yeah. Huh. I guess when I was traveling, my first international trip and my last one so far, I guess I was with my sister. So that was good. That was super helpful. I mean, I, I don't have a doubt that I could do it on my own and, and, and have a good time, but I, I didn't think about that, that I had that um, support as well. Um, now, I've arrived at the age where people are beginning to take, like, the group travel option, you know, where there's a, a, a tour and there's package buses, tours. package tours, buses, <laughs> cruise ships, stuff like that. And I haven't taken any of those. I've always been kind of a, like a, you know, sling a backpack on and just, you know, go somewhere. But I, I have sort of tuned into the news around these things. Like the other day there was an incident where, um, you know, people got into a drunken brawl on a cruise ship and... I was like, oh, alcohol. And and there's been all these stories coming out of Mexico about, um, y you know, like off-brand alcohol being consumed or being served in resorts. And 
um, you know, people dying from it or going slipping into a coma because it's got, you know, wood alcohol in it or yeah. something like that. And I've heard of stories internet of people like in third worlds, like with uh, moonshine, people going blind, they say. I don't know if that's true. But. And, and I've done precious little travel since I got sober. And so the, it hasn't really come up, but um, mostly, you know, at those hours when I would normally be drinking on a business trip, I, I'm at a meeting and, and I've been to some really interesting meetings and there, there are a ton of, you know, agnostic chapter four meetings out there, um, at least in the places I've been to. So I haven't really had to worry about being tempted by, by alcohol, but, um, you know, I, it does make me wonder what traveling internationally would be like because, you know, there's a lot of images projected into our heads about, um, you know, what life in other places is like, you know, Paris, there's the, the coffee, the, the black tobacco cigarettes, the, you know, the wine, the, uh, you know, the aperitifs, aperitifs. Um, and so it's, you know, letting go of all that, like now I'm a vegetarian and, uh, I, uh, you know, I go to, you're a vegetarian. I go to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. And so uh, Paris might be totally boring for me. Yeah. You I think... sound like a snob. <laughs> you know what? Paris is so passe. I didn't mean for it to come out that way. <laughs> Paris is passe. I was going to say Europe that, is uh, old. It, uh, Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> like we call, my friends and I call uh, Spain Old Mexico. Ouch. <laughs> um, so, so that reminded me that I tried to go to a meeting in Lima, Peru once, and uh, I figured out, you know, did all the timing. I called... I called the intergroup. There, there are English meetings like in all kinds of countries, especially in big cities. You have expats, li- expats living there, and you have English meetings. And I, I set it all up the day before. I called a guy, and he said, "Oh, go here," and um, and then he didn't. He wasn't that enthusiastic, but but he picked up the phone, and somebody referred me to him. And then I went. And it was in this nice part of uh, Lima near that uh, Parque Kennedy. And um, and then I went and it said it had a sign even. And I asked like the front desk person. They're like, oh, go up there. It was this nondescript like commercial building. And there was a sign and it was locked. And I stood there, waited there for like 15 minutes and um, nobody showed up. So, yeah, um, there's something called the responsibility statement. <laughs> In our program, when anyone anywhere reaches out for help, I want the hand of AA always to be there. And for that, I am responsible. So, fuck you, Lima. Oh. Just kidding. It was cool. Just going, just walking to the meeting kept me sober. Is, is there no... There's no ventilation in this room, is there? Maybe we could open the windows because I feel like the oxygen content has dropped. Oh, thanks, intern shadow lady. Um, Yeah, while these guys are doing that, I'm taking over the airwaves. You're listening to, oh, you're listening to High Spirits on MutinyRadio.fm. That's High Spirits on MutinyRadio.fm. We've got our intern here, shadow lady, and our premium premium guests, Madison and Bob. Uh, who came out on uh, Moments Notice, uh, who we hope to be friends of the pod, as they say. Just friends of the pod. 
and it's funny you should say that because the pod is a uh, is a term, another term of Alcoholics Anonymous. Do you know about this? No, I don't. It's um, the pod is a special, uh, like sort of subcult of Alcoholics what? Anonymous. Are you These are a group of people that have a, you know, normally. Alcoholics Anonymous, just from experience, I'm not speaking on behalf of the organization, they're a, they're a non-hierarchical institution. Like, nobody comes to your meeting and tells you how to run it. There are guidelines. There are uh, suggestions. But, um, you know, it's basically an anarchist organization. But the pod is a, is a subsect of Alcoholics Anonymous that has a guru. It has a, um, like a leader. And the leader uh, tells you, you know, like treats you like they're a drill sergeant. And um, when these people show up at meetings that I've been to, you can immediately tell them because they stand up when they begin to share. And they sort of adopt a military pose and they sort of shout their share. And, and they, you know, well, I'm going to tell you how it is. Um, and I think you're all doing it wrong. And here's why. Uh, do they really say that we're doing it wrong? Some of them have, yeah. Jeez. Not all of them. Where um, do you find this? I, I think I'd be interested to check it out. Oh, I don't know where they hold their meetings. I've, I've heard that the guru lives up in, um, like, on Twin Peaks. And, so, and they, they, they give donations to the, to the guru for running the meeting okay. um, or whatever that group of meetings is. I don't think the meetings are listed, but they, what happens is, is they send their membership out to regular meetings in order to, to like find recruits. And there was a guy who used to come to the Freethinker meetings, which is a group of meetings that happens at the, the women's building. Um, and th this guy called himself Dude, and he wore sunglasses nice. for the whole meeting. And, um, you know, he kind of spoke like uh, the big, like the little Lebowski. And. <laughs> And it was it was sort of comical, and and he wove in all sorts of like gross sexual innuendo into his. We we finally had to ask him to leave the meetings. Uh, wow. Um, gotcha. Okay. Maybe I'll rethink. <laughs> yeah. But, this but he was there, he was there to trying to recruit people. He would invite people out to coffee, he'd buy you donuts and coffee, and me want some um, donuts. And then he would, uh, you know, he, he would start describing <laughs> these meetings, and it was kind of weird. So it makes so sense, hungry. though. You know, Google uh, Alcoholics Anonymous has millions of members around the world and over the decades. And, Trillions. of course, it makes sense that there would be subsects and, you know, groups of people with different behavior. There are, like, the the cults within the cults. But real quick, um, did did POD stand for something? Did you already say that? or I, I think it's a reference to Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> I, uh, seriously, because nobody else, like Ernie, I think, is the best first um, oh, right. person. The, and who Ernie is doesn't matter. Um, uh, this is it, where we're not going. We, this is not where we're going. <laughs> like, um, th there's, a, there's a person that some of us know that uh, was able to describe their... Behavior um, to us. I was going to say pod is also, well, you know, now we're talking about all pod, I think, is like a group of whales or something like that. Oh, yeah. Good um, point. And then pod is also uh, often a group of food trucks, like in Portland. They refer to them as a pod. There's like trailer parks, pods. Um, hey, you going to go hit up that pod, you know, with the PBJ 
Um, peas in a pod. Deep fried PBJ. Uh, peas in a pod. Um, the pod. Friends of the pod. Intern Shadow Lady. Madison. Bob. All friends of the pod. Intern is worker of the pod. <laughs> so, I was thinking uh, something else. I was thinking about. So we have. Uh, First of all, we have about a half hour left. We've done a good job. Hi, spirits. Hi, spirits. <laughs> Just say it like Pam. Hi, spirits. I have to maybe smoke a bunch of cigarettes for me. Hi, spirits. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, hi, spirits. Uh, so that I was thinking about. So I biked over here. Um, y'all lifted while I biked. And... That was great. It's so fun. It's such a beautiful night in San Francisco. And uh, I biked over here and I was feeling the energy in the air. You know, this Friday night energy. I pa- I must have passed uh, 20 bars biking over here, right? Just a few, just a few blocks. <laughs> um, and uh, a lot of good energy. There was a place uh, that I passed. I wanted to yell at the, yell at the people coming out Um as I am once sometimes, it's it's a place called Wild Hawk, and uh, it used to be the Lexington, the Lex, which was a popular uh, lesbian slash dyke bar, and I used to go with um, friends who I used to work with, you know, a decade ago, and a really cool spot, divey, and now it's like called Wild Hawk, and there were just people drunk, falling out of there, laughing, like... Um, I guess I suppose I don't mean to go on a tirade, but but I'm like they're like people from the marina, you know, coming out of Wild Hawk, and I wanted to be like that used to be a lesbian bar. I just found out all the lesbian bars are now in Oakland. Oh yeah, hey, just another every, fun fact. Everything cool got pushed out to Oakland. Oakland is cool, but also it is boring AF ultimately. Like, if you want this, like, cool density of San Francisco, a lot of activity, a lot of stuff going on, Oakland is, like, so dead. But there's some good neighborhoods, and I've had a lot of fun out there. Um, oh. So, there, yeah, there was energy. Uh, after we had our burgers, um, I walked out on the street, and just people were, like dressed up you know drunk or happy maybe not even drinking you know that's one thing is like when i was out there drinking before i got sober i just thought everybody was drunk you know everybody was drinking like i was drinking everyone was blacking out like i was blacking out all the time i just thought that was normal i really didn't know anything different and um so i guess i just had a glimpse of that again where i walked outside and i'm like but i actually felt i i felt really positive about the energy that's one great thing about working this program for me and getting sober and then sticking with this thing and hanging out with you guys and us all learning from each other is that uh, I go out to these places and I have fun, you know? Um, what is you? What did you put on here? <laughs> oh, I did want to draw attention to our fabulous DJ, Mr. Nobody, putting on, if you uh, tuned listeners, attention to detail, notice that he put on Bertha and um, the other... Song by the Grateful Dead earlier. Oh, Warfrat. Oh, sorry, not Bertha. Warfrat and Casey Jones. Yeah, this song is not working out, but this is uh, 
This is called, uh, this is a type of hip-hop called horrorcore that oh, I was just introduced yeah. to. Yeah, say, I dig this, whatever yeah, it is. no, it's cool. I think it's just that he's talking, you know, right? But l- pl- turn it up. This group is from Brazil. I like it, too. Why is it called horror uh, rap? It, because it has, you know, it has conceptual intersection with Halloween and uh, horror movie sounds. Like you, you'll hear a lot of sounds, like you know, from horror movies mm. and sound effects records from my childhood being repurposed. And you know, it's it's hard to explain, but it's reminiscent. Like you know, it conjures up imagery, I guess, from movies and stuff I have to check that out yeah I like your I like the playlist for sure it's it's it seems perfect for this format for this low-key and mellow mellow so um, our guests <laughs> Madison yes what else is going on with you I don't know. I'm like getting sleepy. So. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't slept a lot lately. I've been going out a lot, a lot, a lot. Madison is a unique member of our society who um, thrives like a vampire at all, oh. hour, all hours of night. Not like a vampire, but um, at all hours of night dancing in the clubs. Yes, you'll find me in the club without the bub. Give you a bad Fifty Cent reference. Without the bug. Yeah. Good job. Good job. What can I say? No. Well, and the I've been dragging the internet with me, which is awesome because it's fun to have somebody else to go sober with. Um, Because actually, most people are really wasted at the club. Like it is true that when you're like when I was out, I thought everybody else was as drunk as me, and now that I'm sober, most people are actually as drunk as I was. Um, a lot of places I go, people are really high too, which is actually a little easier to deal with in some ways, um, because the drunks tend to have no conception of personal space, whereas the high people sometimes are a little more aware of what's happening around them. But, but no, <laughs> I go for the music, and I reconnected with music and sobriety. It's a huge part of my life, and um, but it also means I don't sleep a lot because. All of the good DJs come on at 1 a.m. And the club gets really, really good at like 3 a.m. Because that's when all the drunks are gone. They are, they've passed out. They've left. Mm. And then the DJs usually start kind of... It sounds like they start to play what they want to play, not what they're playing for the crowd. And usually the sets get better. Um, so, yeah, I kind of feel like 3 a.m. is like the magic hour in the club. Jeez, if you can oh hang that long. But Are you guys I, going out tonight? I can't remember the no, last time I was awake at 3 a.m. Not tonight, but I'm going to a day thing tomorrow, and then I'll probably go tomorrow night. And then I'm going to the district thing at the Midway on Sunday. It's a burner fundraiser thing. Uh-huh. Not that I go to the burn, because <laughs> I don't, because camping in the desert sounds very unappealing to me. But, um, yeah. That's cool. Dust everywhere. Exactly. Dust everywhere. Dust everywhere. <laughs> That's uh, channeling Big Frida. Do you guys know about bounce music? I wish I had the DJ skills that Mr. Nobody has. It, it is interesting to think about 
being in nightclubs again. Like I've I've sought out and joined sober events that still involve music and and dancing or or ways to go to events that have drunk people but not to drink. And that's a lot of fun. Like to to be able to have that same level of joy that you know we used to seek from whatever our favorite drug was. Um, like I just get it from hearing music live now. And that's that's a really great pleasure, and also from dancing, and um, and you know sometimes you connect with people who are high um, just because that's how they're enjoying themselves, and maybe how we once enjoyed ourselves. I don't know. I I, I just think it's important to um, to find that in ourselves today as sober people. Uh, you know, it's a very human thing. Music, the enjoyment of music and dancing. I guess I'm sounding corny, but like, you know, I, I don't want to be like a priest or a nun locked away um, all the time. It's good to get out and have fun. And um, yeah, it's like uh, that reminds me that things are. I'm always reminded by you guys of things. Um, I went to uh, uh, within my first couple years of sobriety. I went to a two chains concert. At, in, uh, at the uh, Fox Theater in Oakland, and everyone was blazing there, no doubt. It was awesome. It was, uh, um, there was a good rapper opening up for him, too, I forgot. But, yeah, all that kind of stuff. I've done all that kind of stuff, you know, go to, go to bars, clubs, um, and enjoy music, concerts. Uh, that's, you know, it's, uh, it's been cool to, to be able to do those things that I didn't think that sober people did shadow lady yeah i definitely am in that phase right now i feel that for me to really stay sober and live this life i have to start finding the joy in it so i all the things that i loved doing before when i was drunk or high i'm redoing now sober and it's actually pretty good like i am actually dancing and not just thinking I'm dancing and really just like falling all over myself, <laughs> you know? And, um, grinding. Yeah, on God, first, oh my gosh, like, I don't even know. Like, how do they look like? Who knows, you know? Like, now I know how they look like. <laughs> do you mean, you mean drunk people? Uh, no, because I heard you say grinding, and I just like, oh, yeah. brought back like flashbacks of like, who am I grinding on? Grinding. <laughs> but uh, some Pharrell for you right no, there. No, like going out <laughs> clubbing. I think that's like my creative space. Like I get to like dress up hmm. how I feel, and definitely like they said, like the music. You know, that's that's a natural high for me. Like when it gets in my body and I just like move like now it really makes sense when they say like you know like music is my drug like now that really is what it is for me when I go out dancing because I'm sober and like yeah music can be enough see how's that for corny or cheesy <laughs> intern shadow letty drops the mic in fact actually some drunk people just uh, walked by and then we're curious about what we're doing in here right now good thing we have uh bars on the windows 
I'm actually going to uh, my first uh, big concert in sobriety next Friday. Oh, yeah. Tell us about it. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, oh nice. Wow. nice. That's great. Is it the, uh, you know, is it his tour where he's... Uh, Scott Ackerman on Comedy Bang Bang has him on a lot, and he's always plugging his tours. I think that might be... Well, it is his tour, yes. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously, it must be the tour that they're plugging on CBB. Yeah, um, well, yeah. So, I mean, his last tour, his uh, indulgent tour, um, he didn't do any of his parody songs. Mm-hmm. It was it was right. really just um, mostly covers. Right. Um, but I think this time he's going back more towards his uh, his uh, older format. Oh, cool. With uh, with the screen showing video stuff, and I think some costume changes. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think Emo Phillips is opening for him this time. Um, but Emo Phillips is coming to town uh, next month, and I think I'm going to try to get tickets for that. I'm a big fan of Emo from way, way back. I don't know if you know who that I'm is. I'm not familiar with Emo Phillips. Yeah. yeah, I'll introduce you to yeah, his comedy. Yeah, please. Um, oh, comedian? Um, but to, where is it? What venue is that that uh, you're the going to? Greek Theater. Oh, nice. The Greek. I saw Band of Horses and the Pixies. And somebody else there. <laughs> no, I'm like the Pixies. I saw They're the still pi- around. The what? Pixies played a show there in 2004. <laughs> you, you weren't old enough to be around. The oh, Pixies. I'm definitely that old. I do all kinds of voices on this show. I'm voiceover actor. Um, so uh, uh, in 2004, did they did this tour, and it was amazing. Um, they did not F around. They did not miss a beat. They just did song after song after song. It was, it was so, you got so much for your money, you know, right? <laughs> you, like it was, they did not have any political message. They did not take breaks. I don't even know if there was an opener. Like, it was good. Yeah. My sister got me into the Pixies and she's like six years younger than me. Um, but uh, that's cool. Yeah. So I guess, one of the themes tonight is because uh, we always got to find a theme in the meeting. <laughs> um, I can see everybody's getting freaking tired. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely after a full day because it's Friday. Everyone works on Friday except me. We need to install a coffee pot in the studio. <laughs> and sorry for uh, DJ uh, Mr. Nobody that I did not get uh, the Club Mate. <laughs> oh, well, next time. It's sit. You know, there's a, there's a, a little like uh you know dorm room size fridge in one of the closets here but it's not plugged in we should uh, plug yeah. it in and put it, install a lock on it and fill it with club mate <laughs> club mate for those of you who don't know is a uh it's it's a soda beverage from germany that's been brewed for the past century brewed from yerba mate leaves so it has something like caffeine into in it it's it's unclear to me what the you know what all the chemicals are but it basically has the same effect as coffee but it also has enough sugar in it to make you talkative it's like corn syrup and mate and and carbonated water those are the three ingredients and it's pure goodness because it retains the the original mate flavor you know um and uh it's interesting the bottles look like uh uh, like Miller High Life bottles, to me. Oh yeah, they 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 look or, like your yeah. they look like your swig in a beer. Coors Original, you have or whatever. One. Um, yeah, we had them at uh, once. Uh, 
we had them once <laughs> at a and New Year's thought, Eve party. We a couple thought of that years we thought ago. we had to reset our sobriety dates. <laughs> it was that crazy, y'all. They're rather potent, but they're non-alcoholic. We thought so we it's had to right. reset our sobriety yeah. dates. What about kombucha? Kombucha. Oh. Good. Yeah. Oh, two percent alcohol or something. Yeah, like it, it does. It's a fermented drink, and it does have a trace amounts of alcohol. I, I read in the news that there was some controversy about it, in terms of it being served to children. Anybody? Does anybody know about that? Not um, about the children, but I know that you can get kombucha that has a higher percentage, so you can uh-huh. actually really get a little bit buzzed or twisted with kombucha. It gives me a tummy ache. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I, I like kombucha. Um, there's a bunch that you can get at the grocery store, and there are a lot of places that um, that serve it. I know there are places that maybe homebrew it, and then there's also shrubs. I love shrubs. I don't think they have an alcohol content at all. Um, shrubs are like vinegar, <laughs> vinegar drinks. Is it good? Oh, that's it's so good. That's the general term, shrubs. Yeah, they're called shrubs. That's shrub, shrubby shrubs. Um, let me let me look up. Let me tell. You know what? I'm always sp- trying to spread the shrub gospel. Well, you and, know, but you, I don't even know what it is. I don't even know what I'm eating. It's like apple cider vinegar <laughs> that that will cure yeah. cancer yes. and AIDS. Oh, it's a vinegar drink. Okay. All you really need is to drink one bottle of it, and you'll live for the re- for the rest of the uh, eternity. It's it's really good though. <laughs> Have you ever put it in hot water, like a little bit, and just mm-hmm. drink it like tea in your salads? Okay. Cleaning jewelry. In terms of mixed drinks, <laughs> shrub is the name of two different but related acidulated beverages. Acidulated. Type, yeah, one type of shrub is a fruit. Uh, let's see here. Oh no, these are these are drinks. Growing up in California in the seventies, I was exposed to a lot of like I guess what you call pseudoscience and magical thinking, like you know, Thinning. year after year there was just wave after wave of. You know, colloidal silver will cure everything, and it, I, I've lost track of them all now. I mean, you know, you guys probiotics me? was going to cure everything, and... Uh, Do you remember the copper? They would sell copper, like, at stores like Walmart and stuff that you wear around your wrist oh, yeah. and your neck. Yeah. And I had a friend in high Magnets school... Magnets, too. Yeah, I had a friend in high school who was super hot, and... Um, and I beat her to become class president um, my senior year. <laughs> well, she, that narrows down the pool. She had uh, she had um, back problems, and, uh, and she wore those copper dealios, and I was like, "You an idiot!" And did she get better? <laughs> um, I wish I knew. Oh. <laughs> Man, everybody's dying here. That's random. <laughs> Everyone's dying. <laughs> <laughs> part of part of the human condition. I had a uh, roommate who got she got involved in like every multi-level pyramid scheme, like <laughs> like even Scientology, and uh, she oh, no. she got involved in in one that whose whose product was a holistic magnetic 
garbage and like, like mag- magnetic horse blankets i guess that was like the one thing she was actually able to sell a bunch of magnetic horse blankets. magnetic horse blankets but she got really mad when i took the uh, magnetic insoles she was selling and stuck them to the refrigerator like footsteps going, <laughs> going up the fridge she's like you, you're not taking this seriously i'm like no i'm i'm not that's awesome <laughs> It's there. There's just been there's so much. Um, there it used to be that if you took gigantic doses of vitamin C, that would cure your cancer. It would cure heart ailments. There was a a quack on the radio in New York City, um, on the radio station I worked on there that uh, was pushing vitamin C and a bunch of other stuff that as as this cure-all and he would only take terminal cancer patients and his you know he, he was always conducting some study and he was going to cure all these people and you never heard about them again he would he would say call me and i'll take your call off the air and i will set you up and um nobody ever heard about them again because i'm sure they're all dead by now i was gonna say i'm like did he kill them (laughs) And so, you know, now on his website, it's been entirely scrubbed of any reference to any studies because he had one of those uh, quack university doctorates um, where, you know, like you write a paper in crayon on, you know, thick lined paper from the fifth grade and and mail it in and they mail you a, you know, a doctorate. And it was uh, anyways, I, I knew numerous people like New York City, you encounter people from all walks of life that believe a great many different things and so i would run into people all the time that believe that kind of stuff and so jay Quallen, what's our theme for tonight you didn't finish oh <laughs> <laughs> i finished that thought um, please so uh let's see um oh the kind of things that we can have fun with in sobriety um you know, dancing, riding planes, um, horse tranquilizer. Oh, wait, no. Um, yeah, somebody was telling me about some drug they do that's horse tranquilizer, like Special K. Ketamine is a horse yeah, tranquilizer. Ketamine? Yeah. I'm like, I ain't, I ain't never even heard of ketamine. Oh, yeah, no, it's it's real popular. I'm like, where were you? <laughs> I, well, let me, you know what? Actually, this is where I'm going to, yeah, this is a good segue. Hey, you just got my mojo back. <laughs> yeah, no, apparently there's a new, a big new trend. Yes. Uh, they call it Calvin Klein KC. It's ketamine and cocaine. Okay, that's and, what. And, and it's, you know, they're talking Calvin about it as Klein. if it's. Yeah, no. Yeah. And they're talking about it as if it's some new, new combination yeah. of drugs that like, you know. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing All about. the rage all of a sudden as if. If, like nobody's tried that combination before bob knows what's going on um that that is uh my response to your guys's like whatever i don't know about special k is that uh dude you know what this is another thing that people say like i'm a real alcoholic <laughs> you know hey i'm i'm pure alcoholic <laughs> you know hey we don't talk about drugs in this meeting, we don't talk about drugs in this podcast. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But uh, really, yeah, it was that was like actually, I'm actually pretty probably pretty ignorant on that on that side of things. It was like, I, yeah, I tried a few things, but <laughs> it was pretty much alcohol. 
it's amazing like how much damage alcohol can just do you know like even forget about drugs you know because it's like earlier i think dj mr nobody dr no was saying that uh there are things that are like acceptable or, or maybe it was intern shadow lady um caffeine or maybe it was bob it was me <laughs> it was bob Bob talking about the acceptability of caffeine as a drug. I mean, of course, like that's alcohol too. We can talk about that in another episode. That's a whole deal is like how our society um, feel sort of deals with alcohol. Um, <laughs> but we're getting tired here. We only have like um, four minutes, right? Yeah, we can start. Yeah. Trying to find some wind down music. Yeah. It's time for... A little Miles Davis. You should pump it up. It's Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Uh, it's only midnight. Um, what should I put on? Harris's foam corner. It's a f- f- foam corner. I'm just making references to other pods. What should I put on? Quidditch. You should play Role Models by Walker and Royce. Cool, okay. It's an awesome song. It does reference drinking, but whatever. It's a rad, rad song. Hey, Madison, you it, you <laughs> should... Madison, you should start your own podcast. <laughs> sounds like... <laughs> sounds like I guess you, so. Sounds like you no, know so much sorry, about music. I'm just like, I'm super into this song right now. I'm super into Walker and Royce. There is a Dirty Bird quarterly tonight that I'm not at, but whatever. Anyway... Oh, this sounds good. Yeah. Should we say thank you to our guests? And our sponsors. Oh. <laughs> on that note, you've been listening to High Spirits on MutinyRadio.fm. This is High Spirits. Thank I'm your you so co-host, much. Jay Quellen, and... Dr. Nobody. And our special guest tonight, Bob and Madison. And big thanks to our intern. I make the signs. Shadow Lady. Yeah. Are we ready to go out, guys? Well, uh, back to uh, AA terminology. To go out. Oh! Oh! We no, just got some it. energy up in here, yo. We just gonna start dancing. Oh man, um, we're not gonna do that, but we are gonna depart. So. Hey, I think I think you figured out a good outro for us. Hey, and we're choice, Madison. And we're gonna go out. See you next time on MutinyRadio.fm. This has been High Spirits. Just like they know us, bring them bottles with the juice and soda. Bouncers don't give a fuck, got the aromas. It's really me, man. Fuck up a sauna, all on sofas. Yeah, waking up in coma. The rest was good, mostly Amanda and the free pool. Anyway, so Bob was still bugging me about how we have actually met at the door, which I couldn't remember. And I kept arguing with him about when we actually met, which was ridiculous. But The way we really began our friendship is a song. And to this day, we still can't agree to which song it was. Yeah, which song was it, Bob? Stay, Stay, yeah. 
and and I said it was. I can't even remember what I said it was. Uh, you said it was um, just give me a reason by pink and make a rush. Oh yeah, no. that definitely wasn't it. It was definitely stay. It was horrible, but. We've built our friendship since then. How long has it been? Three years? You were like 20. You were turning 20. So it's been like two years. Give the man a mic. Nobody can hear him. You had just turned 28. So why tell everyone how old I am? No, that's how old you used to be. That's, that's how old you were. I'm we're not gonna trying tell to them do how old you are now. They're going to add up. No, we're not going to tell them how old you are now. It's been a long time. It's only been <laughs> a little years. while. Something like that? So, something like that. Anyway, we have much better stories than that. Mostly for his birthday. Mostly on some random ass nights when he comes and kidnaps me and then we drive off into... Like unknown. last year. <laughs> When was <laughs> what happened? What happened? Nothing happened last year. What happened last year? Uh, maybe it was the year before. It was definitely the year before. Oh, yeah. When and y'all we went, went to the city. To the city. Yeah. And we went to Silver Cloud. And, and we got, yeah, we got Silver Cloud. And to, I'm like, um, hey, why am I not there? Were you not there? I was not there. I was watching you guys on Facebook. Oh, yeah. So Amanda was living this while we 